Are you ready to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling author Steph Green, for the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, where we're going to explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, it's Steph here again for another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I really hope you are having a fantastic week. I have just finished writing this crazy two-hour workshop on rocking your author brand that I'm super excited to be presenting next weekend for the NZSA, which is the New Zealand Society of Authors, um, their roadshow down in Dunedin. So if you are a writer in New Zealand and you're down in Dunedin or around about there, then I reckon you should head along because I yeah because I'm going to be there and a whole bunch of other amazing New Zealand writers are going to be there and we're going to be talking about writing and publishing it's going to be amazing so yeah so apart from that it's kind of my news um yeah apart from that I guess we just want to get on with the show so this week's show I am going to be talking about rewriting and republishing books that you've already published and why you might want to do that and sort of how you can do it. So generally speaking it is better to write and publish a new book than it is to go back and constantly like rewrite and re sort of fidgy widgy with things that you've already published. However, however, sometimes, sometimes your time, you, you know, you could spend a little bit of time going back over previous books for various reasons. So, first of all, I thought it would be worthwhile to talk about why you might consider unpublishing a book in the first place. So, basically, the reason that you might unpublish a book from, you know, from KDP or from any of the outlets that you've got it up uh, for self-publishing is that if the book doesn't fit with your author brand for various reasons, and this is, you know, really, when I was thinking about this, this is the only reason I could think about that you would consider unpublishing a book, and sort of all the reasons are kind of contained in this major uber reason, is that if a book doesn't fit with your author brand, then you might like to consider unpublishing it. So this might include, for instance, series that you start writing and then you decide not to finish or that you are not going to finish for many, many years for whatever reason. So, you, you know, sometimes what happens is that as authors, we sit down and we get really excited about an idea and we write maybe one or two books and then that idea doesn't sell at all. You know, the books are just languishing there, you know, we know people aren't reading them, so we go and write something else, and that something sells really, really well. So obviously, what we want to be doing is working on the stuff that's selling, which tends to mean that things, you know, sort of sit there getting a bit neglected, the things that don't sell very well. And, and you know, this is a problem if you're the kind of author that works on lots of different things at once. And so what happens is that, yeah, you have these books that are sitting there, no one's really buying them, and you've only but, but the series is not finished. And if that happens a lot to you, or you know, you really don't want to be the kind of author who leaves a series half finished like that, you've basically got two options. 
the first option is that obviously you can sit down, take a, a month or three months or six months, wherever long it takes you to get a book, take that time off and just finish the series. Or you could just say, well, look, I've got the time for that at the moment, but I'm going to unpublish those books so that I don't have this unfinished series sitting there, which is stressing me out. So that is sort of one key reason why authors will sometimes unpublish them. Another reason that you might unpublish books is if, for example, you decide that you are shifting genres or, you know, when you started publishing, you were sort of publishing very willy-nilly, you know, throwing everything that you had at one single pen name and you want to really define that pen name as a specific genre and so you want to get things off of that pen name that don't really fit. Or if, for example, if you just feel as though books don't really reflect who you are as an author. Another reason that some authors do is what they'll sometimes do is, especially if you've got a big backlist, if you've got, you know, a hundred books or something, is that sometimes they will take down books that are quite old uh, with the idea of maybe giving them a bit of a revamp and then republishing them with, say, a new cover to kind of hit a new audience. And that's a perfectly, you know, perfectly valid thing to do. And, you know, even traditional publishers do this sort of thing to a certain extent. So those are some reasons that you might want to unpublish a book. Now, often these books that you unpublish, they're just going to sit there on the computer and not do anything with them for ever, ever, ever. But sometimes you might like to decide that you're going to republish them. And, you know, again, there are various reasons why you might want to do this. So, for example, if you are splitting up books on a pen name into multiple pen names, then obviously you're unpublishing those books from your, you know, from your initial pen name, but you might then decide that actually you want to republish them under a different pen name that, you know, so that pen, this new pen name is dedicated to that specific genre. So that's one thing that you could be doing. Also, you could be deciding that you want to give the books a bit of a spruce up. And a bit of a spruce up can mean various things. So sometimes that can mean the actual content of the book stays the same. But what you're going to be doing is tidying up the packaging. So this might mean new covers, new blurbs, new title even. And then we're publishing it as the same book, just with a, a different outfit on. So that's one reason. Um, but... More commonly, what you would often do is when you are republishing something, you are probably going to be taking a bit of a look at the content of the book at the same time. So sometimes this means that, you know, what, what you're doing is you're, you're rewriting a book, basically, uh, because you think that it deserves another shot. And you know that you did something wrong or that you can do something better. And really, you don't want to be sort of you don't want to be rewriting all your books you know you don't want to be getting in the habit of going well look all of my earlier books you know I wasn't as good a writer back then as I am now so I'm going to go back all over all those books and I'm going to redo them now you could get yourself into a seriously bad pattern of constantly going back and constantly redoing your books from like two or three years ago and that is not going to help you move forwards Generally speaking, most readers know that as a writer you improve over time. And you know, readers who are diehard fans of yours, they actually love to see that. You know, they're really excited to see you grow and improve as a writer. Uh, and we're going to go back to that original thing that I said, which is that generally speaking, as a rule, much, much, much better 
to work on a new book, which is a new shot at the big time, than to go back to an old book, which probably, if you're thinking about rewriting it, is probably because it didn't do that well in the first place. So usually you're always going to be better off writing a new book rather than rewriting. But there's sometimes when a rewrite is a good idea. So things like that might mean if you have a long series and you know that the first book in the series is weak or it has something, you, you've done something kind of wrong in that book. You've gone against a popular trope or you've done something that basically forces readers to put that book down and not move on through the series. And if you've got this big long series, then it can, it could be in your, your, if, your best efforts to have another, take a week, have another look at that book, re-edit those scenes that are the scenes that are tripping people up and causing you to lose readers before they finish that book and before they move on and, you know, fix that up. So that could be one really good thing to do. Um, you know, other, other things are, you know, for example, if you, what's, the, what's some other good ideas, but you know, good, good reasons to rewrite. Um, basically, you know, if you, sometimes what happens is you, as an author, you put books into little anthologies, so you might write like little 30,000 word novellas um, for that fit in with the world of a popular series that you already have. And you put those in these sort of multi-author anthologies and the idea is to kind of introduce new people to your worlds and give readers a little extra bonus and things like that. And then when those anthologies come down, so when they, when they go off sale, you end up with this little novella that maybe doesn't really fit anywhere. And one thing that you might consider doing is perhaps rewriting that novella to be a full novel and maybe making it the next novel in your series and, and just give it, it gives yourself gives you an extra product to sell um, in the, you know in a more strategic way than just popping up a novella perhaps um, without the effort of writing a whole entire novel because you've already got half a novella. So that might be another reason. And then you might have reasons like the reasons that I have for rewriting and republishing books, which is something I have done in the past and something that I'm actually doing right now. I'm actually in the process of doing right now. So I thought I would tell you about some of my experiences with uh, rewriting and republishing and also, uh, you know, sort of the plans that I have for my current book. And, you know, I thought maybe that would be interesting for you. So I did this maybe three years ago, I think. So, uh, and I did, you know, it's a bit of a do what I say, not what I do sort of <laughs> sort of situation here. So I was taking my catalogue from Kindle Unlimited wide. And I knew that this was kind of my, my opening shot, my shot over the bow at a new audience because it was this new wide audience who'd never heard of me before. And so I wanted to start things off right, and I wanted to put a book perma-free and then use that book to kind of encourage readers to go through the rest of the series. And so the obvious choice for this was obviously it was the first book I'd ever written, which is the first book that was set in my sort of overarching world. And that first book is actually it was sort of more of a novella. It was 30,000 words, um, and it was the first book of three books which were about the same characters and ended on big cliffhangers and all these sorts of things. 
and that book had done quite well. Um, so that was the you know the first romance book that I'd ever published, and it sort of was that one that sold like a thousand copies in a week, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So the book had done quite well, but in the reviews for that book, um, it was a few things that people pointed out. The 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 sex scene, the, the very first sex scene, people said it was very, it felt very like it was quite kinky because I sort of thought that was kind of what. Was kind of what romance readers. I thought that's what romance readers wanted. Like they didn't just want sex. It had to be like kind of kinky and like dominant and submissive and stuff like that. And it didn't really fit with. The, it was like a surprise. It didn't really fit with the characters at all. Um, and so that had come up in some negative reviews. You know, it it probably needed a, a bit more of an edit um, because I'd only had one editor look at it, and they were, you know, not the editor I used at the moment, so they weren't quite as good for me. So it probably needed a bit of an edit, and also, it was only thirty thousand words, and all of my other books, apart from these three books, every other book I've ever written has been more like seventy to a hundred thousand words, and every other romance book I've written pretty much has had male and female sort of alternating point of view and these books didn't they only had the female point of view and I knew that if these were going to be my my opening sort of my opening gambit if you were for going wide that they it wasn't my best work and I thought well really it's not that much work to sort these books out so what I did was I took a month, and it ended up only being about three weeks. So I took about three weeks, and I edited these these first three books. And I just fixed up the spelling and grammar that I found. I, um, I made a male point of view, and I fixed up the sex scenes and just made them, made them fit the characters a bit better. And the books extended from about 30,000 words up to about 45,000 words each. So they became basically short novels. And yeah, so that was so that was why I did that. And I released them wide and they did they did pretty well. And it's always been in the back of my head that these books are the first three books in a ten book sort of series. It's kind of two series, but it's one overarching story. Um, that are all set in the same world, and to be honest, there there were a smidge, a few sort of plot holes and continuity errors over that series. There is definitely, I know for a fact, there's definitely a pregnancy that goes for like twenty eight months. Um, there's you know someone's brother becomes their cousin, someone's name changes. There's all these little continuity errors that I kind of fucked up because it was you know, my first books. Um, so I would kind of like to go back over those books and just smooth them out and fix the continuity errors and things like that. But honestly, it's not the best use of my time. So I haven't done it. And I don't think I ever will. I think we just, let me just leave that as, you know, lessons learned from the past. And readers still enjoy those books, even though they do point out the continuity errors. So that's kind of the experience that I have had with unpublished, well, I didn't really unpublish them. I, when I had finished the edits, I simply re-uploaded the edited books. I rewrote the blurbs just to punch them up a bit. Had the same covers, 
and I went to my ARC team, who many of them hadn't read the series because they were new, you know, sort of new readers. And I said, look, hey, I've written some new books in the series. I would love if you'd like to read them and give them some reviews. So I got some more sort of positive reviews on the series. And that was pretty much all I did. And then I, obviously the series was in Kindle Unlimited and I took it white. And that was really all I did. And so, yeah. Um, but I have unpublished books before. And uh, and I'm about to republish some of those books. So I've unpublished three books, and I'll sort of tell you about why I did that. So one one book, the first book, was a, a standalone book that was part of a shared world. So shared world project is where a bunch of authors get together and they agree on kind of a setting for their story and some some like world building rules. And in my case, it was a paranormal romance setting, and it was all about the fae. Um, so there was a fae realm, and each of us had a different, it was like a different faction within the fae realm, and we had to talk about that faction, their interaction with humans and witches and things like that. And so one of the annoying things about shared world projects is that you obviously you you have to solve the the story problems that you create in your individual book, but you can't solve the story problems that that come from the world as a whole. So like, you know, there was this kind of rift between the worlds and I couldn't heal the rift in my book because that would null and void everyone else's books. So that's kind of one of the problems with, um, with Shed World projects. You've got to be a bit careful about how you plot your books. And the second thing about shared world projects is that they can be really really fun and they can be really successful but they tend the ones I've seen that have been really successful tend to be small groups of authors small groups of authors who are already sort of close friends and they have a really clear um, you know really tight concept that's really highly marketable and this shared world project that I did, it was run by another sort of author, marketer person, um, and she built a lot of buzz about, for, you know, through other authors about joining these shared world projects of hers. Um, and she made a lot of promises about, you know, oh, you're going to earn this much money and things like that. And it was all very exciting and, you know, yeah, it felt very, very cool to be part of that, to be included. And then what seemed to happen was that the the project dates for getting the books out um, kept getting pushed back. There were sixteen authors in the project, and so it was quite quite a big group of authors. And uh, the idea was that we would release our books a week apart. And there were rules about how we could price the books. We had to we had to price them. We had to put them on pre order. We had to price the pre order at ninety nine cents. We had to um, launch them at ninety nine cents, and then we could go up to a certain price. Um, so I don't really like 99 cent launches, especially wide, my book was wide, but anyway, um, it was in the group, so you obey the group rules. So we were supposed to launch them a week apart, and then we were going to, you know, send out our newsletters and tell each, you know, each of us, each author would tell their newsletter and their, their fans about the different books in the series, and then it would sort of pull our resources together, which sounds really great in theory. But what was sort of what I noticed was sort of happening was that as the project kept going, the the dates for the books to to go live got pushed back, and 
And it just seemed like there wasn't really much interest, especially from the, the original, the person who organised the whole thing. There wasn't really much interest in the thing. And I kept saying, well, you know, is this, is this project actually going ahead? Like, I was really excited about the book that I wrote. It's, it still is one of the best books I've ever written. Um, and I kept sort of saying, well, is this still going ahead? You know, what's sort of happening? What, what are the marketing plans? You know, how are we doing this? And, and we ke I kept getting this, yeah, 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 we're totally all going ahead. But I, I wasn't sort of seeing the evidence of it. And there was no sort of grand organisation. And what happened was, so I was the second book, I think, in, in the, the series to launch. And I was launching right after the, the, the first author, who was the sort of named author, was carrying the whole project. And she didn't, she didn't launch her book. So I ended up being the first person launching a book. You know, her week just came and went, no book launch. So I was just the, the second person. And, you know, I put my thing in the group and said, my book's launching, can everyone share it? And I don't think anyone really did. And then the third, third was the third author's turn. And then they didn't release a book. And then the fourth author didn't release a book. And it was like the seventh author before the next book got released. And, and in the end of the 16 authors, there was something like only five of us who released a book. Now, I believe the first, the, the, the first author, the main author, released her book. But it was like weeks or months after she was supposed to. And so the whole series just, it, it was just a big flop. And I paid $100 for the cover of my book. Um, and the cover had to meet specific requirements. It had to be done by a, a certain person who was involved with the, the, the world. It had to match all the branding of the world. I did not like this cover, but that's cool. I paid for the cover because that was the cover that they gave me. And that was $100. And I made... I made approximately $200 from this book, from a whole novel. And that's one of the worst, worst profits I've ever had <laughs> on a novel. Um, it, you know, it was a standalone, no one was interested in the world, it just, it was just a giant flop. So when the, I was on a two-year contract with the with the Shed World. When the contract was up, I took the book down. I unpublished the book because I didn't like the cover. I wasn't happy with with it sitting there mocking me with its failedness. So I took that down. Uh, and I'm now actually, we're going to be talking about this in a moment, I'm now actually in the process right now of editing that book, removing all of the elements that made it part of the Shed World, um, you know, writing some new scenes, adding some, some super steamy smutty smut smut to it, and I'll be republishing it. Um, completely new name, completely new cover, completely new blurbs, so excited. So remember, I'm going to get to that in a, in a moment. Now the second series, that oh, the second books that I unpublished was, was two books I'd written in the series. And this is going to be a three book series, and I have actually a uh, you know, I don't normally plot, but I have a, a whole outline, a whole like synopsis and everything written for the third book of the series. So all I have to do is sit down and write this damn third book and then this series is done. But the thing was, was that this was, although it wasn't the first romance book that I published, it was actually the first romance book that I started writing. And this, these books are... The term not marketable comes to mind. They are a mishmash. They are paranormal books. 
um, but they're about witches, so they're not about the the most popular things that we talk about when we talk about paranormal uh, romance, which is um, vampires or werewolves. So this is a book about a witch who falls in love with a witch hunter, and the the books are so it's paranormal, but not popular paranormal. Then it's set in Dark Ages, early medieval Europe. Germany to be exact. So it's also historical, but not a popular historical period. I mean, medieval is kind of popular, but not, not the sort of medieval that I'm writing here. So it's in an unpopular historical period. You know, so you see what's... And then, and then, just to make things worse, it has a heavy, heavy kink BDSM element. So it's got these three disparate things, you know, there, there is a completely a market for kinky BDSM, sort of erotic romance, completely, totally there's a market for that. There is a market for medieval historical romance, even like quite dark, gritty stuff like what I was writing. And there is a market for paranormal romance with witches that can actually do witchcraft and all those kind of things. But... The crossover market between those three things is, it's not, it's not big, it's not big team, let's just say, not big. And, you know, coupled that with the fact that um, the covers that I had for these books and the blurbs that I had for these books were really trying to do sort of triple duty. I was trying to be uh, paranormal and historical and erotic at the same time. And so I basically succeeded in being none of any of those things. So I had done two books in the series, and to be honest, they sold okay um, when compared to my earlier romance books. You know, so they they were not they were not terrible. They're not my worst selling books ever, um, but they you know they definitely they definitely weren't the best. But the thing was, was that I was, you know, I was sort of starting to see the error of my ways and starting to think more strategically about the books that I was, you know, I was working on. And I just kept putting off and putting off and putting off writing this final book because I knew hardly anyone was going to read it. I'll be honest. I just, I knew. And then it just, you know, three months without writing it turned into six months, and six months turned into a year, and a year turned into three years, and still this book wasn't hadn't been written. And I kept saying, oh, maybe next year I'll do it, and then I just kept not doing it. And, you know, it, it got to the point where I didn't like having this unfinished series sitting there, sitting there on my Amazon page, showing the world that Stephanie Holmes sometimes doesn't finish a series. And I knew not that many people would read it, and those that had read it had probably forgotten about it by now, so I just unpublished it. And I do plan to. Now that I have had some time, I've had about two years with that series unpublished now, and I've had a bit of time to think about it. And what's interesting is that now that I've thought about it, I've sort of been able to figure out some ways that I think I can adapt the story to make it appeal to, you know, to, to make it be more marketable, you know, to give it an audience, give it a chance. So now that I've got those ideas, I am quite excited to actually go back and and rewrite those books and relook and revisit them, because the fact of the matter is, is that basically I've only got to edit two books, which won't take me very long, and write one book, 
in order to get three new releases because I will release them completely new books, completely new ASIN numbers, new covers, new titles, new everything, new blurbs, new everything. So I, you know, it's only a month, six weeks worth of work to get three new releases, which is pretty, you know, that's that's definitely worth considering doing. So I'm not doing it this year, but early next year that's going to be one of my projects. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. But I thought for the rest of today, I'll kind of talk to you a little bit about what I'm working on at the moment, which is going back to this first book, this book that was in the shared world. So yeah, so I'm, I'm writing this rewriting this book at the moment. I am sexing it up. Um, it is a standalone book, um, which is interesting because usually I work in series and usually I wouldn't consider writing a standalone book, but obviously this one is here and it's finished, so that's um, just that's what we're doing. So what I'm doing is I'm probably going to be adding about maybe about 10,000 words. I, I don't really know until I get to the end of the book, but I am taking out all of the elements that relate to the shared world and rewriting them as my own elements or just taking them out altogether. But the general story is going to be the same. And then I'm going to be adding in a lot more depth to the characters. And I'm just going to be, you know, my writing has improved significantly over the last few years. So the last time I looked at this book, it was definitely the best book I'd ever written. Hands down, no question. It, it's, I'm still very proud of it. And reading it now, I can still see, I, I, you know, I can see why I was proud of it. Um, you know, there are moments I look at it and I think, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. I can't believe I wrote that. Um, but I have improved and I can do better. And so now I get the chance to kind of work on this book again and to do better. So that's really cool. So in terms of what am I going to do with this book when I've actually finished you know, finished editing it when I'm actually going to publish it. So, because it's a standalone, I am, so I'm not going to be spending a ton of money on advertising it or sort of really pushing it, but I just want it to be another book in my catalogue for people to find. So what I'm focusing on is building a little bit of buzz in a sort of a cheap way, an inexpensive way, let's say. So I've hired a PR firm who are going to be doing a, a bit of a blog tour, um, sort of teaser to entice some bloggers and bookstagrammers and people like that to, to have a look at the book. The book's got an object cover now, which is the very, I wouldn't, say, wouldn't quite say they're very trendy at the moment, but more books with kind of a dark, a dark atmosphere with object covers have been ranking quite highly recently. So I'm hoping that my book will appeal to the same audience. It's basically the gist, basically the gist of it. So I have got this PR firm and she, and, and so, so the PR lady is going to be sending that out to bloggers and things like that and then I also have my publicist here in New Zealand who is doing some work you know getting me some sort of local media coverage about the book and that's interesting to see because you know to a certain extent that's not something I would normally do with my books because of the genre you know they're just not sort of newspapers and stuff are just not going to be 
know, fancy magazines are just not interested in talking about romance, which, fair enough. But this book has a bit more of, you know, it's it's got a vibe team. It's got a bit of a gothy, fae, dark fantasy vibe. So, you know, and, and, and cover is quite, you know, again, it's not a Manchester cover, it's this object cover. So we think maybe might have a shot. So we're doing that. Um, and basically I will be putting it up for a one month pre-order and that is really just because of the PR because I want to be able to give the bloggers and things like that a um, a link to so they can promote it. Uh, so it's going up for a one month pre-order uh, and then so through that month I'll be running AMS ads on the book um, mainly to try and see if I can build an audience um, and see if I can start figuring out the autoboards for it uh, so I can get it you know so the, the ads can sort of click in and work really well from day one um, and then basically I'm going to be pushing the book out through my usual channels. So, you know, through my newsletter, my Facebook page, um, you know, other Facebook pages where I think it might appeal. Um, yeah, just basically that's kind of the gist of it. <laughs> um, I, because it's a standalone book and because it's a little bit weird and a little bit unusual, I, I don't really expect this book to, to do much, but you know, it was a whole book. It took me a long time to write. And at the moment I can do about a week's work and get it ready to, to rock again. And I've got the sexy new cover and I'm hoping that the sexy new cover and the sexy new blurb might entice, you know, might entice some people to take a chance. Take a chance on Stephanie Holmes. Um, yeah, so that is what I am doing at the moment with rewriting and republishing a book. And yeah, I, it, it's an interesting thing to do as an author um, because, you know, on the one hand you get to go back and you, you, you know, you get to re-look at work that you've done a few years before and tweak it and make it better and that is really cool but on the other hand it can be a bit of a distraction from moving forward and I do believe that forward momentum is very very important in this business because you know when we're talking about writing books you know it's a bigger chunk of words that you have to write and so having that forward momentum is so important to actually drive us from you know it was a dark and stormy night right up until the end and the same thing is kind of true of marketing and publishing. It's a long game. And so always having that kind of forward momentum helps us to helps us to move forward and helps us to be excited about what we're doing next. And so sometimes going back and doing things can like really put the kibosh on that a bit. And I don't want to do that. So I don't really want to be sitting here saying, oh, you should totally rewrite and republish all of the things and do it all the time. Don't want to be saying that. Definitely want to say that, you know, if you've got a series and you think the books are pretty good, but the covers aren't wrong, you know, all wrong or whatever, then, you know, totally redo the covers, redo the blurbs. You know, take 20 minutes to do that and you will probably be really happy that you did. With republishing and so rewriting, actual rewriting of your books and republishing, it's really important to you know have a good long think about is this the best use of your time, and you know if you're rewriting, have you solved the issues? 
that made the book not successful in the first place. And that's really, really the important thing. It's not just about have you solved the issues that make you yourself happier to call the book your own. But have you solved, you know, have you figured out why the book wasn't successful in the first place? And you see from my two examples, I can very clearly tell you why those books didn't succeed the first place in the first place. And then have you come up with solutions to kind of combat that? And I think once you've done that, and if you can spare a little bit of time, and if you're really happy to do it, and then you know, rewriting and republishing can be really fun and really valuable. So, yeah, I hope you found this really interesting. And I would like to report back in a month or two, once this book is actually finished and out there in the world, and tell you all about it. And I'm really excited to do that and I hope you will come back when I do and listen to me yammer on about it. So that is basically it for me this week. Once again if you are a Kiwi and you're in Dunedin or around that area you might want to come and check me out this coming weekend. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, until next time this is Steph Green and happy publishing! <laughs>